0: Hi, this is Cassandra, and welcome to another episode on the Luminous Star Podcast. Narcissists and other clustery personality types—they often seem to be under arrested development. You know, very often, what you may find is that they resist personal growth, while gaslighting you into believing that he or she is all-knowing with a superiority complex. Okay, now I can tell you, guys and gals, that I've been through this myself. And sometimes you can start to question your reality, your sanity, as well as yourself, you know, your own identity. You can have an identity crisis before you're 40. Okay. So, um, you know, this is something that can be very frustrating in a narcissist relationship. And there are very often subtle signs of codependency in narcissist relationships, which means that unconsciously you may find yourself pleasing him or her or co-signing shenanigans. You may even find yourself accommodating all of the diabolical tactics that he or she likes to engage in in order to get the source supply. A lot of narcissists, their main focus is the source supply by any means necessary. Just look at it like this. You know, narcissists, they are on their way to Knockville, right? <laughs> and on the way, they may get um, a tank that's empty. They may notice it's empty, right? So they have to pull over and refuel. So they don't care who fuels or who refills their gas tank as long as it's filled up so they can continue on where they're going, which is Northville, in order to get all of the supply that they can actually muster or stand. Okay, they don't, along the way, along their journey, they don't care who's fulfilling that role to help them get to where they want to go. And this can be very awful. This can hurt. This can even make a person feel like they've been played. This can cause anger. You know, anger is just, you know, anger gets a bad rap. So, you know, anger is an expression of an injustice or injustices that a person may have uh, experienced. But this is something that has to be done. A person has to express what they have experienced. The aftermath of narcissistic relationships and narcissistic abuse can be devastating. So, if those things are harbored or held inside or uh, suppressed or held down, when you think about it, because the body remembers, you're going to end up expressing what you have experienced anyway. It can be through substances, food addiction all types of addictions. It can be, now I'm not scolding and I'm not judging. I'm just pointing something out here. How, because the body remembers even when we try to forget, we can sometimes what? Engage in maladaptive coping skills which can look like addictions. You know, trying to uh, get our minds off of what happened by doing other things and Going places and engaging in more relationships that are not going to serve us in the end. So, when it comes down to trying to forget, all types of things can happen. Sometimes we end up even accommodating the narcissist against our better judgment. Narcissistic relationships are highly addictive, they're habitual, and this is due to the grooming process. Pardon me. This is due to the grooming process. Okay. Narcissistic personality often sets out to groom others that they target for source supply. Why do they do this? Perhaps because they're trying to condition the person to being more susceptible to what accommodating him or her doing what they want going along to get along. And that person does what? They end up dwindling. They end up feeling less and less. They begin to have the identity crisis. Sometimes this is due to enmeshment. Not knowing whether narcissist ends or a person begins. You know, all of this is part of the attachment style that I like to talk about in my videos. It's an inappropriate t- attachment style. Because the attachment to the narcissist can cost a person. Okay, so sometimes we don't look at the, what I like to say, the fine print. There are contracts that the narcissist likes to draw up in secret. So this is how sometimes we unconsciously accommodate a narcissist, because by the time they've done, they're have done, they done with seducing a person or beguiling them or, uh, you know, what is it called? Having a lot of swag, right? <laughs> After they begin charming a person, that person may think that what the narcissist is saying is right for him or her. When actually the narcissist is grooming him or her, right? They're grooming them so they can go along to get along. So they can do things against their better judgment. Narcissists often will pull a telekinesis, they will attempt to alter a person's sense of time and a person's sense of reality. And all of this catches him or her up in this web in this just this world of make-believe. The narcissist has no intentions of fulfilling any promise that he or she makes to those that they are looking for source supply. So, you know, just picture that narcissist going to Knoxville. they run out of gas and they pull over and they don't care who fills their tank back up so they can get gone, right? This is when they ghost, right? They pull the rug out from underneath a person. This narcissistic abuse cycle is very vicious. They idealize a person. Then they devalue them and then they discard. Sometimes they attempt a successful Hoover after all of that drama, right? So a person can become Hoover resistant. And there are steps that I like to go over. Okay, I do this in, in several of my videos. I talk about how a person can make sure that they're no longer available to the narcissist once the narcissist has decided that they're going to discard of a person. And then they're off to a new supply. Okay, So I'm going to touch on that just a little bit in this episode. And I certainly hope that there's something that I say in this episode that may motivate you as well as as inspire you right to continue to thrive forward but you know narcissists uh they are often under arrested development and they often do resist personal growth but you often are the one who is demonstrating their growth sometimes you're not even conscious to it but when you are starting to feel uncomfortable about things in the relationship with a narcissist, at first it was, you know, it was pretty cool, but now you're becoming irritated by it. You're annoyed by it. This is a sign that you are outgrowing that narcissist relationship. And as soon as you take off the rose colored glasses, it's going to become a little bit more natural to you to start demonstrating your growth, being the catalyst to a much needed change. Okay, that means that you're challenging yourself to make choices that will naturally bring about necessary changes. Narcissists don't like change. They often want people to be carbon copies of one another around them in their world. Okay, everybody's supposed to be Alice in Wonderland to a narcissist. The narcissist is is a huge trickster, right? They never run out of, or they don't seem to run out of, tricks, tricks or abracadabras. They have abracadabra codes. Okay, I did a video on this once. But narcissists, they often have a big trick bag of abracadabras. They stay on the hocus pocus, right? Then this is all to knock a person off their square. But, um, you know, when you start to believe that you, right, that you are able to continue on with a narcissist, then they may see that as a threat. Your growth, believe it or not, To a narcissist, is often perceived by him or her as a threat to their what? False self-images, of which they have several. From that of a saint to a martyr to a person who is a victim who can't seem to catch a break in life. Okay, so, you know, unfortunately, many in such a scenario as this, they fall for the facade. Narcissists often are coming off as imposters, frauds, you know, and they're just... Shingali narcissism, right? They have these masks and every narcissist, right, who has these false images, they have a mask that's assigned to those false images. So when you start to believe that you can move on without him or her and you get your support base, yeah, they're often going to see that as a threat, but please don't let that deter you from moving forward. You know, uh, the twilight zone effect, you know, it's reflecting a parallel reality. It seems surreal by grand design. Narcissists, they often create the crazy making for fuel, control, and sport as you become more and more negatively affected. You know, how could you possibly know who you are outside of the narcissistic codependent relationship while experiencing the enmeshment? The trauma bond, right? Or trauma bondage and a poor self-image. Very often we look at ourselves. Those of us who have been in these narcissistic relationships, my opinion is that we often look at ourselves through the eyes of the narcissist. What a close personality type if that's the situation, right? So how could a person possibly know themselves? They're often too concerned about the narcissism, who they are, what they want. So narcissists, they tend to drain a person of their energy. You know, their energy bodies pull from energy bodies of others. In other words, narcissists, energy bodies tend to extract, okay. Or, um, contract. That's the word I meant to say. When other energy bodies like that of an empathic person can expand. So just picture a narcissist plugging into another uh, person's energy body and extracting what they want. See, they can't take your energy body. So a person is left feeling drained after they deal with a narcissist because they still have their energy body. The narcissist has an energy body, but they often don't know how to use it in order to continue on without plugging into somebody else's energy body in order to move on, okay? Or or to get through life. So very often we're left, you know, feeling drained. So if you're a person who has the capacity to empathize, your energy body tends to expand. Therefore, you can support love, respect, and nourish others, whereas the narcissist, their energy body tends to contract so they are not able to do these things and they can pretend like they can do these things this is why they make all these promises and they break them you know energy which operates on different vibrations and frequencies often fight for dominance within a space let me repeat that energy which operates on different vibrations guys I'm telling you all what happens is that these energies and these these frequencies, pardon me, the, the energy, the frequency, and the vibration—they often fight for dominance within a space. You sense tension in hostile environments. This is why I very often, when you know, have you? Some of you may have friends and family who have come over to your house, and a narcissist is there, and maybe later on they pulled you to the side and they were explaining or they were describing the energy. That they felt the environment felt very tense to them? I've experienced this a couple of times. There have been people who pulled me to the side and they were like, well, I don't know what's going on there, but I felt the tension. You could cut it with a knife. And that was the first time that I started telling people, okay, or that particular person what was going on because, you know, there's a lot of shame around narcissist relationships. People often don't want to talk about this. I know I didn't. And this is another way how narcissists, they throw off, you know, they project, they throw off their shame on others. They really can't give you the shame. They often want to share it though. What they say, misery loves company. But the energy, right? The energy which which operates on different vibrations and frequencies often will fight for dominance within a space. What's that saying? You can't see eye to eye with somebody or they don't see eye to eye with you or you don't vibe or you don't resonate with one another? Well, this is certainly the case when it comes to narcissist relationships. Picture a burning house. You're on one side, you have your whole team of firemen. You have buckets of water, you have firing holes, right? <laughs> You're ready to go. You're blasting away on your side of the house trying to put that fire out. The narcissist is on the other side of that burning house. He has his, or she has her team too. They have all the best arsonists in the world on their team. They have, what? Light, the, the lighters. They have the matches. They have gasoline tanks and they're firing away, keeping that house ablaze. Why? Because it serves him or her. If that fire is out, the narcissist is starving. They don't get anything. You may or may not know this as you're blasting away on the other side of the house. You're putting all 100, you and your team, 100 in trying to put the fire out of that house. The narcissist on the other side of that same house, he and his or she and their team, right? going full blast trying to keep they're dedicated to keeping that house ablaze. So what happens? You're 100 in they're 100 in. What happens? Nothing changes. Nothing changes. I don't care where you move, when you move, how you move. Nothing changes in a narcissist relationship. This is often why people are left drained of energy. But this is the best demonstration that I can come up with when I state that the energy which operates on different vibrations and frequencies, they will often fight for dominance within one space. You might be aware, okay, that you will also sense the energy of, of you may sense the energy and the vibes of others around you. This is highly intuitive empathic individuals or empathic individuals. Okay, some high empathic individuals. Some of them, I think I mispronounced that. Hayoka, there you go. (laughs) Empathic individuals. They may sense this often. Yeah, they will. They will sense the energy and the vibes of others around him or her. Perhaps this is you. This gift of being empathic doesn't have to be viewed as a burden, you know, but reflective of overcoming an identity crisis. One of the most beautiful traits you know, that a person can have is an empathic. Okay, they are very often filled with gratitude or being grateful regardless of challenges of life. Narcissists often don't do this, you know. and Being in a state of gratitude is not possible for some cluster B personality types such as narcissistic personality. There are other three clusters, okay, there are other three personalities that make up the cluster B personality type. This does not mean that he or she is a full-blown narcissist. And that is a borderline personality. Those who have antisocial personality and histrionic personality. The only personality out of the cluster B personality type that's a full-blown narcissist is a narcissistic personality. And it's very often that we may misconstrue or we may have this misconcept about this. Especially when we're right in the middle or neck deep in narcissist relationships. It's, it's kind of hard to find out who's who. But this is why it's very imperative that a person focuses on thriving forward, taking off the rose-colored glasses, and realizing that they're outgrowing that narcissist relationship. Okay, so, you know, um, very often he or she tends to have a guilty complex. The narcissist often does have a guilty complex rather than a guilty conscience. Because you have to have a conscious first, right? What what are we taught? The narcissist personality doesn't have not only empathy, but they they, they don't have the conscience. Okay, so very often they have a guilty, a guilty complex, not a guilty conscious. Therefore, shame can occur, but not healthy guilt for pulling shenanigans to obtain narcissistic supply. Okay, you know, moments of clarity are rare within the narcissist's personality. They tend to lack, what do they call it? Foresight. They tend not to look at what they do. They tend not to take a lot of time to think about what they do. Their energy bodies affect other people. Their energy affects other people. All of our energies affects others, right? But narcissists, they often don't want to look at this. But uh, there's another thing to keep in mind. There's something called attachment styles. But when we're connected to a narcissist, what's, what's some of the things that happens? Trauma bonds, right? Enmeshment. These are inappropriate uh, attachment styles. Why? Because it leaves one person getting all that they want to get out of the relationship, the narcissist, right? While the other person is what? Left drain of energy. That's an imbalance, right there. It's unfair. One is giving too much and the other one is not giving enough, right? They're not, they're not putting their, they're not putting anything into the relationship. This is often why narcissists, when they move on to a new supply, they often have new supply before they move on to the next supply. They often already have somebody there, okay? Narcissists like to keep a lot of pawns in the game. One of their worst nightmares is to run out of supply, so they often are shown to be addicted to people. So, you know, these attachment styles are, are there. Okay. Um, very often, a person may not see the, the subtle signs of codependency. Codependency is when one person is a little bit, uh, you know, they're given too much and the other one is not given enough. That's one aspect of codependency. Okay, so another is when one person is, is you know, they're a little bit, they're, they're giving too much energy into the relationship when the other person is not giving much of the energy at all. They're not very concerned about the quality of the relationship. But there are symptoms associated with trauma. I mentioned trauma bonding, right? Symptoms associated with trauma, feeling uh, numb or disconnected, shock or denial, anxiety or fear. Guilt, shame, or self-blame are symptoms associated with trauma. Sometimes there's feelings of hopelessness, hopelessness, withdrawing from others, anger, mood swings, irritability, confusion, or difficulty concentrating, or what they call brain fog. Now, this doesn't mean a person is doomed and gloomed for the rest of their life and that they're no good to themselves or others. No, these are just things that are associated with trauma thank goodness that there are so many focused tools out there to turn this around. There's counseling, there's mental health care practitioners that can help with this. Not, you know, not saying that you should or should not do this. I'm just sharing. You know, one of the other things that um, can occur in a narcissist relationship is when a person may feel like they can't move on after things have happened. The aftermath of a narcissist relationship can be very devastating. But there are another thing I want to talk about, right? There are stress systems. What are some of the stress systems? Lococallus, social, and hypothalamus, and pituitary adrenal. Let me repeat that last one. Hypo- hypothalamus. okay, and I'm going to have this. If you want to look this up, please do, right? hypothalamus, right? H-Y-P-O-T-H-A-L-A-M-U-S, pituitary adrenal. Okay, that's a stress system. And it's a local stress system and a social stress system. Okay, I know I just messed up that whole thing, but um, I invite you to go ahead and look that up. I, uh, no worries. I did a video on this. If you want to check it out on the Luminous Star channel. So I break down these stress systems. And the reason why I talk about the stress system is because whenever the narcissist, what they look at another, you know, they refocus, not really refocus. They change their focus. That's it. They change their focus. They look at another supply and off they go they discard a person and stress can increase. It's already stressful enough to have the relationship. When, when the narcissist pulls the rug out and they discard that heightens a person's stress. So the stress system is still active, but here's what happens. A person can go into withdrawal symptoms as if they were on a drug. The narcissist relationship is very addictive. It's habitual, So in order to break free from the narcissist relationship, a person is going to have to break certain habits. This is what I had to do. And it helped me out tremendously. So this is why I'm here today, being able to share this with you all, right? So just be aware that withdrawal symptoms can occur due to the dysfunctional relationships with the narcissist or the narcissist relationship. When it ends, this is what can happen. It can activate the stress system. See, the stress system is already is, is there because the narcissist relationship is stressful enough. But when the narcissist goes and gets new supply or when they discard a person or they ghost, then yes, the stress system can be activated or heightened even more. Right. And a person can go into withdrawal as if they were on a drug So I just want everybody to keep this in mind because narcissist relationships are highly addictive. They're habitual, but this doesn't mean that habit cannot be broken. Once you take off the rose colored glasses and you realize you're outgrowing the relationship anyway, you can start to take steps to continue to thrive forward. There are focus tools that you can practice. Tool number one, focus intention techniques. Okay. Focus intention techniques. What is that designed to do? Of course, to help you to focus on doing what? Thriving forward, continuing to grow, continuing to heal, continuing to live your best life without the narcissist's permission. You don't have to consult the narcissist in order to do this. Now, this is going to be challenging, but not impossible. So, focus intention techniques. It's going to help you to clarify how you tend to do relationships. How did you end up in the relationship with a narcissist? It could be family. It could have started when you were a child. But perhaps this was a romantic relationship. Same thing applies. Once you know how you got in the sunken place, you'll know how to get out of the sunken place. Focus intention tools are very powerful. Tool number two. Think about incorporating a healthier lifestyle. Not just going to a counselor or to a group that can help you with growing past narcissistic relationships or healing past narcissistic relationships. This is great. I advocate this being a person who's done this myself. Okay. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you, Oh, you know, don't do that or it doesn't help. No, absolutely not. Incorporate a healthier lifestyle, perhaps drinking a little bit more water, going out in nature a little bit more, taking a walk, taking a jog, you know, whatever light exercising, doing something different. That's my last and final tool. I'm jumping ahead. But tool number two is think about incorporating a healthier lifestyle. That healthier lifestyle, I can't tell you what that looks like. For you, you know, to each his own, right? Everybody's different. But when you incorporate a healthier lifestyle, that may mean getting some more rest. That may mean reducing your stress by going to a yoga class. Or Taking some, uh, I don't know, drawing lessons, learning how to draw, painting, listening to music, playing music, writing music, dancing. All these types of things can incorporate, a, uh, can be a part of your healthier lifestyle. Not just going to a mental health care practitioner. This is great, though. If it works for you, wonderful. But you can also research. Do some research. Do some reading. Listen to some audiobooks get my books i have two ebooks out right now okay about breaking free breaking those habits that i was talking about if you should incorporate a healthier lifestyle that may also reflect you what starting a no contact lifestyle a no ca- contact i don't mean from life from the world i mean no contact from the narcissist relationship perhaps even from the narcissist Most of us have several cluster B personality types that we have been dealing with. Okay, cluster B personality types are not necessarily the devil. I'm not going to get all into that, but I think a lot of us have come to realize that at the end of the day, it's about learning how to deal with various types of personality types without feeling that you must go along with a bully to get along. Okay, so um, there are people that can do this and are doing this every day. I'm Cassandra, and I certainly hope you have enjoyed this episode. Come back and see me. I want to thank you for joining me. And don't forget, there are episodes every day on the Luminous Star podcast.